When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Purple Daily comments from YouTube Monday edition. Zolgad and Declan Goff, brought to you by our friends from Surly Brewing, of course, the presenting sponsor, as well as our friends from TCL TV. If you're not watching your sports on a TCL TV like the Masters on Sunday, what are you doing? TCL TV, the finest finest in television and pictures and HD and, and all that good stuff. And Declan Goff, all right, mm-hmm. comments from YouTube, which is all about the comments that you go through very carefully, pick out, and then we react to, where would you like to start? Let's go with uh, a lot of NFL draft stuff, Judd. A lot okay. of mockers. We have, we have a mock even um, I could potentially get to here in a little bit. Great. We have a lot of draft questions, and, and mostly a lot of it, on uh, the Vikings potentially drafting a wide receiver, which we'll, we've gotten into a few times already on Purple Daily in the last few shows, and some listeners weighing in on that idea. So let's uh, let's start with this from Basil. Basil says, I don't think it's Basil. I think his name is Basil. B-A-S-I-L? Basil yeah, like Basil McCray. That's how Basil spelled it. Yeah, so I think this is Basil. I don't okay. think it's Basil. Okay. Basil says, I love the idea of drafting a high-octane wide receiver in the first round. But that said, how competitive would our secondary be without drafting someone, like a cornerback, to join their ranks? So, Judd, what is the risk-reward with taking a wide receiver over something in the secondary for the 2022 Vikings? Well, again, I think this all sort of depends on our view of the Vikings. And, you know, since 2014... With Zimmer, it was basically that you need really good corners. And I do believe that you need good corners. That being said, if you're going to apply enough pressure that it's going to uh, take some of the responsibility off the corners and this defensive scheme is going to be different, I guess the question is, can you get corners who can hold up, especially Mm -hmm. if you have a high-octane offense that can score a ton of points? So part of the problem that I have, and I think the Royal we have among those of us who follow the Vikings is we're still sort of thinking about this through the prism of Zim's teams, right? Like how they were built and how they were built and constructed and what they were, what was meant to be successful. It's going to be very different with Kevin O'Connell. So that being said, I see the concern that Basil points out, but I also see the Vikings potentially saying, Hey, look, we have paid, you know, a lot of time and mind to through the free agency period, trying to improve and tweak our defense, but we're an offensive team now. So this is where I'm tempted to, because boy, if you got Thielen's replacement 
right now. And this is not to say that KJ Osborne can't play because he definitely proved he could. But if you got the guy in the first round who you thought was Thielen's replacement and introduced him in a season in which you have Jefferson and Thielen here, it's intriguing at least, right, Dex? Yeah, it is intriguing. I mean, and look, Thielen and Thielen obviously will still contribute to the 2022 Vikings oh yeah. um, in a big way and has turned himself to a very good red zone target in general. But in, in the same side, he's he's on the other side of 30, and, and you definitely have to start thinking about life after Adam Thielen. And look, K.J. Osborne developed, I think, really nicely last season. He became a solid wide receiver three, and he could you should still be probably in that radius of being a wide receiver three, a guy who catches 50 balls, 600, yall, 600 yards, and a few touchdowns every year. But, you know, when we, we kind of fell in the trap going into the 2020 draft of, hey, Ola B.C. Johnson, a really nice rookie season. No, Obisi was a, was a nice player. 40 grabs, right? 400-some yards. Looked like he's going to take some strides here in year two. But then they drafted Justin Jefferson, and somehow, through the grace of God, Obisi Johnson was actually the starting wide receiver those first two games. And then you kind of saw, oh, yeah, what Obisi Johnson was able to do his rookie year was nice, but you can also get someone that's even more dynamic and takes your offense over the top. Yeah. Not the same apples-to-apples comparison with K.J. Osborne, but there, there could still be even more a dynamic player to take that can yeah push your offense over the top. And what Which makes this, curious, and what it makes this entire roster construction and team so interesting to me is the thought process is going to be different. Like they're not going to think. And and yes, so far Quasi's done a lot of things that Rick would do. I get that, and I'm slightly surprised. But with Kevin O'Connell as your coach, and with an entire new coaching staff, you're definitely going to have a very different thought process. And so we're going to have to get away from thinking of things through the prism of Spielman and Zimmer and start to think this is truly going to be a team that embraces offense instead of tolerates it. Eric says, look no further than last year's draft and the Cincinnati Bengals. They needed an offensive tackle to protect Burrow and his knees. But who'd they draft? Wide receiver, Jamar Chase. Even though they had two excellent receivers, hello Super Bowl Bengals, right? Now, didn't didn't the Bengals, did they also take Panay Sewell? I believe in the, or no, he went to the Lions. He went, Lions Nancy went to the Lions. Yeah, no, I think but, people thought the Bengals were going to take Panice. Right. But Eric brings up a good point here, right? Like, like Joe Burrow's knees need to be protected just in general, not even his knees, his entire, entire body for that matter. But they said, hey, we're going to give him another big weapon. And it took that Bengals team that was one of the worst in the NFL in 2020 to the doorstep of winning a Super Bowl championship. So there's definitely, I think, this idea that, hey, just load up on offense and let's go. Go time. Yeah, well, and the Bengals certainly in some ways, or I shouldn't say the team, Joe Burrow in some ways probably suffered by not having a more stout offensive line to protect him. And he definitely now, uh, throughout the course of the past few months, the Bengals have added to their offensive line. But yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. And look, if the Vikings are going to win games, the defense can't stink. But the new Vikings are probably going to win games offensively. They're going to win games by scoring points and being as dynamic as possible. And can you imagine if you add another really good starting caliber skill position guy? Like this team skill position-wise is really damn good. Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook, Irv Smith, I'm assuming comes back. And he's a tight end sort of hybrid receiver. Justin Jefferson, who I think is probably one of the best in the league. Uh, Thielen, to your point, still very effective in the red zone. So if you plug in another weapon and this is done right and plays are called right, which I'm just going to assume that they're going to be, 
boy, you could you could put up some serious point totals that might not have you uh, sweating games late because of the fear that your defense was going to melt down. Bill says if you draft a wideout, then you have to draft an offensive lineman as well. There are wideouts later in the draft. The big guy from the University of Minnesota, he says, which I believe he's referring to Daniel Olalefe, uh, might be available in the second round. That size would benefit Bradbury if he stays at center. But Moritz Bowinger, a six-rounder, was a media trick. Now, that that is true. Moritz Bowinger was a media trick. Although, I will say, it proves the development of YouTube, what you can do on YouTube. The German YouTube. That's where we're The German YouTube. The that's German how Mobo... I don't want to know. That's how Mobo got there. But um, to his grand point, there are good receivers that you can find in later rounds in the draft. Like, I, I think just in general... Oh, absolutely. There's a plethora of good wide receivers. I mean, absolutely. Stephon Diggs, KJ Osborne... Um, there's plenty of guys you can find in the later rounds of drafts that can still help you. I believe Devontae Adams was a second round pick. Like 100%. you can find stud wide receivers, not even that may not stud, but very reliable, productive wide receivers yep. after round one. So it, th- there is, you can still probably potentially find them on day two, three of the draft if you don't take it 12th overall. So here's where I, I stand because I agree with that assessment. And I have said for a long time that unless you're convinced that the receiver that you take in the first round is a star, so it can't be like Laquan Treadwell is going to come in here and be a reliable guy. Unless you're convinced he's a star, I wouldn't take him. But where I will say the pressure transfers to the Vikings and especially O'Connell and his staff is this. If they take an offensive player in the first round, my expectation is they are going to turn, especially, I should say, skill position one. If they take a skill position offensive player in the first round, my expectation is they're going to turn that player into a star. Because why not? That's their job. Like, they're offensive guys. So so my whole thing with the first round is, until these guys prove they can't draft, I'm going to trust they're really good at it. Yeah, right. And there's going to be hits and misses. But if you take a receiver at pick 12, that guy needs to be a great player. Like, mm-hmm. it, it can't be like, oh, he's sort of a nice player. No, that guy, I'm assuming you are taking a starting caliber star Pro Bowl uh, player, and it if he craps out, that's a huge problem. It's just like Rick. Rick couldn't draft a quarterback to save his life. We all know that. Terry says, I believe the 2022 draft has at least five top-tier wide receivers, but I don't see all going in the top 10 picks. But getting another game-breaking wide receiver will light it up, and it will help the defense. This last part here from Terry, it will help the defense. That's not to be said that obviously because the wide receiver doesn't play defense. It kind of goes to our grand scheme, what we talked about um, on an earlier edition of Purple Daily, also on Monday afternoon, that if your offense is lighting it up and, and chasing up for 35, 40 points. It makes it easier on your, it makes it easier on your team, and you don't have to be reliant on a shutdown defense. And it just the, today's NFL has been gauged to it's, it's really difficult to build a championship blueprint. The Legion of Boom and maybe the Denver Broncos with the second running of Peyton being the other example. Of that being a successful Super Bowl formula. Well, I'll give you at least two games. There's more, but I'll give you two two examples of 2021 Vikings games where if you had an offense that produced as it should have, the games aren't concerned. I believe it was on the first or second play from scrimmage against the Cardinals that K.J. Osborne caught a deep, beautifully thrown touchdown pass from Kirk. That should have been the beginning of an onslaught. Like, that should have been a, oh, my God, the Vikings are up by 28, 21, something like that. In, it didn't. Cleveland, you go down the field, you score. Opening drive. Scripted plays were great. You couldn't score after that. Both of, both of those games should have been comfortable wins. 
Both of those games should have been games in which your your offense made signature play after signature play. Um, and instead, you relied on a defense that was not good. That's unfortunate. That's a mistake. But the reality is, yeah, in 2022, the rules are going to be morphed towards you being su- successful, not defensively, offensively. Pile on the points, and the games won't be as close. So, Kenneth said, Kenneth says to be a top five offense, we need first round wide receivers, and we know how to draft them. But there always seems to be a bust on corner, and there's some amazing cornerbacks in the second round. Um, picking apart what Kenneth says here, Judd, what do you say to Vikings fans that look, cornerback is a big need, right? Like Derek Steenley could be there potentially. Um, I don't know if Ahmad Sars Gardner will be there, but obviously cornerback being a big need. But with this team taking a lot of chances at cornerback in the last 10 years of the draft, what do you say to Vikings fans that have like, well, why are we going to draft one if he's just going to bust? Or why are we going to have one if he's just going to leave? What do you say to Vikings fans that uh, that have a little bit of PTSD with all the cornerbacks that the Vikings have tried to draft over the last six, seven years? So, first of all, so, some of them worked. Rhodes worked out really well. Mike developed him into a great player. He tailed off, but he was a great player at one time. Mm-hmm. I would argue Trey Waynes was not a terrible pick. Trey Waynes was a solid player. Was Trey Waynes a star? Absolutely not. Um, but since Trey, since Trey Waynes left, we have certainly seen worse. So what I would say is this, though. Until Quasey O'Connell to a certain point as well, but Quasey especially as the GM of this team, until he proves he can't draft, assume he can. Like that's like you don't fire Spielman to get a guy that can't draft. So to me, I'm very open-minded into this draft to see what they do and how guys pan out because I don't know. Like they could be great at it. They it it, it it's tough. It's a crapshoot. But keep in mind too, first round picks. You know, you'd like to think when it comes to first and second round picks that they're going to have a pretty damn good idea. And so I'm going to give them time. I'm going to wait and see. Uh, And as far as cornerback goes, I've always said this. If you, in my opinion, if you want a cornerback that you can plug in and can be successful long-term, it usually is, I think, a first-round pick. Because it it was the Spielman-Childress era, Marcus McCauley in the third round, Asher (laughs) Allen, um, Josh Robinson. Josh Robinson, who was, you know, those guys were all, well, we'll, we'll, we'll take one in the third. We'll wait it out and take one. Guess what? They were liabilities. So I do think that if they, if Stingley gets to 12 and they, they take him, I in no way, shape or form am going to be upset. I'm fine with it, but I'm also more than willing to give these guys leeway to see. And if they're wrong, we'll crush them. But if they're right, it'll be fun. Look at this. Everyone thinks negative Judd Zolgat is this. No, no, no. We're giving the benefit of the doubt. The benefit well, of the doubt. You've got to for a while. You, you have to for a little bit. To. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, but if I, we're wrong, we will rip them. Oh, if they're wrong? Well, yeah. Well, if they screw up first-round picks, yeah. They'll get the same treatment mm-hmm. Rick did. Totally. I do have a mock, Judd, here from Patrick in just a second. But uh, why don't you tell the audience, and in fact, I'm wearing my Surly shirt, my, my very Vikings-appropriate Surly I shirt. I love I this one, to be honest. Well. Let's see where that you got your little uh, yep, quarter yep. zip there, if you can figure out your camera and microphone. Yep. 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 Okay. Yep. Yep. There you yep. go. Yep. I, well, yep. Yep. You're there trying. Is. There it is. There All right. Is. little sneak peek Surly. there from Surly. Judd Zolgad. Mm-hmm. Judd, what were you going to be doing on draft night, and how much does it cost to watch this live draft event at Surly Brewing? Oh, so draft night is April 28th, Thursday night, and let's see. 
At three o'clock, Surly Brew Hall will open. At mm-hmm. six o'clock, a purple daily with Mackie, Judd, Declan, and various guests will begin. Um, and we want you to show up and watch with us and to answer your question about the price of admission. I mean, first of all, you can't put a price on this experience. It's going to be great, but it's zero. It is zero, and folks can come in. Again, doors open at three. We start at six. We we will go until the end of the draft. Uh, at some point after the Vikings pick, it will morph into a vent line. And uh, we encourage you to come out, join us, and cheers some of the fine beers, including, of course, my favorite, the Furious, at the Brew Hall. But let me tell you right now, folks, for one night only, a one-night engagement, so don't miss it, only at the Brew Hall, a beer brewed especially for this event called Before I Die, because all our goals are to see the Vikings win a championship, especially me at 52, Before I Die. So Before I Die Ale, available on tap at Surly. It's going to be a fantastic time. Again, no admission. Come join us. Uh, both both at the event and heck on camera. Come talk about your thoughts. It's going to be essentially a live vent line, Surly Brew Hall, April 28th, Declan Dodd. Also, uh, if you bring a perishable food item, you will be entered for every item you bring for one raffle ticket. Okay. So you if, if you want to bring a perishable food item, um, it's going to be the donation partner is the food group. And Surly, if you bring a, a perishable food item, you get a entered into a raffle ticket. So Great idea. Bring so a perishable food item. Giveaways throughout the evening. And mm-hmm. also a TCL TV yes. will be given. Away. And again. Oh, yes. It's going to be a great time. How much does it cost to come, Judd? It's going to cost, well. How much is it going to come cost, to attend? It's going to cost zero to attend. It's going to mm-hmm. cost zero. Um, the beer will not be free, but here's the great part. The beer will be delicious. It will. That's what matters. So join That's- us. That's. What matters? Patrick, though, with a mock draft here on our YouTube comments section, says, I did a mock draft where I traded back a few times. See below. He has a full whole seven-round mock that's in our comments, but he, d- but he does wow. have this one, and I find this fascinating. Sure. Um, at 29, Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Art of Arkansas. And then at 30, so back-to-back picks for the Vikings, 29 and 30. Okay. Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Art of Arkansas. And then Roger, I believe it's McCreary, a cornerback out of Auburn. Let's say the Vikings do trade back and they have back-to-back picks, Judd, and they went wide receiver cornerback. To me, like if that if that did transpire, mm-hmm. I don't know how the capital you know, returns for that to happen, but let's just say they did have back-to-back first-round picks and obviously towards the end of the draft, and they went wide receiver cornerback, back-to-back picks. Just the, the idea of that, I think would be a home run for the Vikings. I love that idea. Does Patrick explain how they get that pick? Like what no, the trade he, is? He didn't say the trade compensation in return. Um, gotcha. But I'm okay. guessing, you know, the Chiefs have, the Chiefs have uh, I believe, back-to-back first-round picks at the end of the first round. Um, okay. So, so I'm, I'm sure there, there are ways for that to come, and I'm sure, you know, future capital gets used to maybe swap those picks out. But if they went back-to-back wide receiver cornerback in their first-round picks, I think that'd be a home run. Hmm. Interesting. I think I guess if they're if they're going to move back, I really want them to get a first round pick from the team that they trade with for 2023. So sure. so like I like the work here. Great thought process. Outstanding. But I guess my preference is if you are going to make a trade that's going to move you back in this draft, I'd really like as opposed to a back to back at the end of the first round for this year, I would like to see them get um, a first 
in 22 mm-hmm. and then a first in 23. I really want to have the draft capital to potentially go up in 23 to finally take a quarterback. Like that's a, that's a huge part of my personal Zolgadian game plan. here. <laughs> I really want that because you got to, I mean, I mean, 23 is almost, I would guess, going to be, unless things just work out fantastic, Kirk's final season here, and there has to be a game plan there. And again, I am going to completely trust that Kevin O'Connell, as far as identifying a young quarterback in a draft that supposedly has a lot of good choices, quarterback-wise, I'm going to assume, Declan, that Kevin O'Connell can find, identify, and then fine-tune that guy. So that's why I really want the ability uh if needed and it might be to move up in 23 to take a quarterback i don't hate it either man i think that's a fascinating idea you have to be I, prepared for that yep you always got to take your chance on the quarterback and next year's quarterback class as it stands now looks um looks pretty heavy and could be could be a lot of fun miguel says let's put all our chips in on the offense with klc and let the chips fall where they may honestly i i love i want to pin this comment from miguel because i because i agree Look, you're not going to be able to fix the Vikings' defense overnight. Like you just won't. Will they improve? Sure, they could improve. They were 30th last year. If they it just needs to they go from exactly. if they go from 30th to 21st, well, we'll say, all right, great, well, that's an improvement. Yeah, I think if you're like now, so previously they needed to be with the way that they were approaching offense, and this is a sad statement, but it's true. They needed to be a top five to at worst top ten defense. That's not the case now. So no. I'm sort of with you. Like if you can get her up to, uh, let's say 16 or 17. Okay. But I'm counting on the offense now to carry games, which to be clear, will be a lot more fun, but yeah, we, we need to, to Miguel's point, I think too, we need to get away from thinking how we've been, how we've thought previously, because this is going to be a very, I think different approach and it should be. All right, a couple Judd Zolgad comments here before we wrap, as we always do on the Purple oh, Daily YouTube boy. section. I type in Judd and I find the most interesting comments, and you might Judd might be the most keyword phrased comment in our YouTube section after like Vikings, Kirk, and Haters. Judd, I think that's usually next. Um, Tommy says Judd Zolgad fell apart last season; it was too much for him to handle. That's why he's so negative. Was was last year too much for Judd Zolgad? I think last year was too much for the Vikings. I mean, I don't don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. I think the you last see, time I fell seen, apart yeah. was when the Wild melted down against the Jets in the first round of the playoffs. Is that 2018? Yeah, yeah, 18. I melted. I I lost it then because that yeah. was pathetic. That was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of guys who talked a big game. I don't think I melted down the Vikings. I don't think you melted down too much. No, like it, I'm not it, happy what, about what they've done so far, but we've just sort of gone through that and talked about it. And now I'm interested. Um, yeah, I mean, perhaps I'm wrong. I just don't recall it that way. Keep in mind, too, there's probably a lot of uh, newer audience of Judd. And they weren't aware of 2018 Winnipeg Jets frustrating the Minnesota Wild version of Judd. So they probably just don't. Meltdowns. Don't know no oh, yes, you have melted. Down. I've, I've had meltdowns, but I don't feel like I melted down on that one as bad. I'm disappointed. Anthony wants, Anthony wants to know, though, Judd. Will you guys broadcast Judd's intervention with Don when he when she begins to worry about all the surly that he drinks? I, I don't think Don will have any any problem with all the all the surly Judd drinks. Is that correct? No, she got no problem with it at all. No, no problem no, at all. Nope, nope. No. She's got her wine. I've got my surly. It's no. The the relationship is fantastic. 
and perhaps that's... Stella, perhaps Stella yeah, will be concerned about say. both of us. She might have a doggy. I don't know how that works exactly, but there there might be some uh, doggy in- intervention coming from Stella. But mm. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don will not be concerned about my. Do you, if Stella had to pick a side uh, in terms of of who needs the intervention of of, of Judd or Don, who is he, who is she taking the stand for? Like, who is she going to be defending on the stand? Is it going to be Judd? Or would it be Don? Dude, I can't answer that. I have no idea. Like, I'm biased mm. too. And and plus, I mean. Who knows? I mean, she's got her doggy drinks as well. So like, oh yeah, no, Stella's like, you know, the whole fa- the whole family lives uh, the surly lifestyle. Though, I will say that. That's correct. All right, comments from YouTube, comments from Judd, comments for Judd. That's what we got. Yeah, that's what we got. Oh, I wanted some more. Bring on some more. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. We got, we've done plenty of content here today on Score North. We Bring we never stop. We that's never stop. That's the whole point of why we're here to entertain, yeah. to entertain, to entertain. Perform. Ask for a Super Bowl before we all die. We just want to see one, please. Yeah, but one. Shirley is now brewing a beer because of that line. Exactly. Before I die, Genius. it's now going to be a beer. And by the way, I got a feeling if that thing like sells on draft night, I think it might stick around. That could be. That's a good I idea. I think it might stick around Thursday, April 28th. Join us. Shirley Brewing. All right, Judd. For our comments from YouTube edition yep. on Purple Daily. Thank you for everyone for commenting. Uh, it, comment on a video below if you'd like your question answered. We do comments from YouTube twice a week on this show. Um, so please hit the comment button. Hit the like button, subscribe button, all the fun little buttons there on our YouTube channel. Somebody Back at full strength tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.